Welcome back to Parts Unknown. Thank you to the millions and millions of you who've listened to our first show and to Anton's interviews. And thanks to all of you who are following us on Twitter. It's at the PU Podcast. So my guest today, Carl Anker, was handling the Twitter for seven hours on Mania Night. How was that for you, Carl? It got very surreal. <laughs> Much like the show itself. Yeah, quite, quite. Also here, Anton Tolui from Sky Sports. You all right? I'm not bad, mate. You? Good, yeah, you very well, thank you. Yeah, just about, I think. Getting there. And Dr. Carrie Dunn, the professor of wrestling. How was your WrestleMania weekend? Long and tiring, but yeah, ultimately good, I think. All right, so initial thoughts on the event as a whole, uh, aside from the fact it was really long and really tiring. Um, Carrie, is it fair to say that this was one of the better WrestleManias of the last maybe 10 years? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a really, really good show, actually. Um, I think, yeah, as you say, it went on too long, and I think perhaps the card wasn't put together in quite the way I would have done it. I think it kind of went fell off a cliff slightly for the last kind of two hours but you know you had five hours of really good stuff before that so yeah I enjoyed it. Anton we've been watching loads and loads of Wrestlemania's um, four parts unknown and lots of recent ones so it's quite easy for us to stack them up against the last few years and and I think this one's going to compare well when when we come to look back on it in years to come. I describe it as the most fun WrestleMania of, of recent times and I think that's a good thing it doesn't have to be kind of you know surprises and dream matches and everything it can be a bit silly because as Carl always says is one of his you know one of the things that you enjoy is you want to be sports entertained and that's exactly what it was it was it was fun. Carl did you have a direct role in in booking this mania because you got pretty much everything right? Um, I got half of it right so uh, we, we we did a little spreadsheet because that's my idea of fun Drew Gulak style to do match predictions and what shenanigans may occur. And producer Ben got 10 predictions right for the card before he came to the show. So I got some right, not all of it right. Um, I was very sports entertained. There was a point, maybe four hours in, where I thought this is potential greatest WrestleMania of all time. Didn't quite get there, but I was very, very sports entertained. We're recording this on a Tuesday. I watched part of this on Monday, rewatched part of it on Monday. And, you know, the matches that kind of bounce off your eyeballs near the end. And, oh, yeah. Like there's there's a lot there that's really really good and I advise you all to rewatch immediately. Yeah, it's kind of it is worth that for we're recording this in the UK. I guess a fair few of our listeners will be UK based. For people like us, hardcore enthusiasts who watch it live, you kind of do need to watch a little bit of it back because you get to the point where it's four in the morning and the match matchsticks in your eyes are falling out and you just don't process it really. And I think we'll start at the end actually um, with Brock versus Roman Reigns. One of the biggest shock results of the night, maybe? Well, apparently, it was done via an audible. Mm, this is this is the, the rumour that's been going around the parts unknown green room before we recorded. Vince not happy with the reaction of the crowd, mm-hmm. and so he made the decision to, to switch the winner at the last minute. Yeah, it was so sad. It was, it was a bit like WrestleMania 17. Stone when Cold's, they should have called the audible and they, they didn't. Yeah. Yes, so very much the crowd is just not taking it refuses to take the teat that is Roman Reigns and and enjoy that this is finally his moment. So what we mentioned before about how the big smoking gun is the fact that Brock Lesnar put down The Undertaker with three F5s. Roman Reigns got hit by four in 31 and was not pinned. So the question was, could Roman Reigns kick out four F5s? And then he gets hit by a fourth F5 onto a table and the crowd is booing. Is it as easy to say, Anton, that the crowd wouldn't have reacted like this if this had been the opening match of the night? Is it how big a factor did it play that we were seven hours into the show by the time this match actually started? Well, I think there's that. I think the fact that it's Reigns' fourth 
Mania in a row in the main event was probably the, the biggest thing. If it was the first match of the night and, you know, you saw Brock do what he did, at, for example, at SummerSlam and just try to destroy everything, the crowd would have been up for it, would have set the tone for the rest of the night. So I do think the position on the card didn't help, not necessarily just for fatigue, just because it was the main event and people weren't going to swallow it. You're going to have people with purists saying, look, the crowd, you know, how dare the crowd react like this, you know, put the beach balls away, focus on the match, you've, you know, you've paid all this money. And this is awful, chance. Uh, it seemed unnecessary. But WWE is a corporate machine. People pay their money. They can do what they should be able to do what they want. So it doesn't surprise me that they called an audible if that's true, because it was just one of the most bizarre, almost sort of clandestine fan revolts you'll ever see. Mm. It was kind of bizarre, really, and it took something really away from it. It was quite a formulaic match, but there was a story behind it. It made sense, but you weren't focused on that. Mm. Carrie, do you think, knowing what we know now, a couple of days after Mania, that Brock has signed a new contract and that they're going to do this match again in a steel cage in Saudi Arabia, does that go some way to explaining why the finish was as it was when we were all 100% certain that it was going to go the other way? But again, I mean, the rumours are that the new contract offer was, again, something that they thought up on the fly because they were planning for Roman to go over at that point and Brock would have gone back to UFC and been entirely happy. So now he's going to be doing UFC and WWE yeah, for a like, bit. That contract has or have a, a break clause in it. Apparently yeah. the, con- the contract is just two more appearances. So, so Saudi Arabia and another. Saudi Arabia, he drops the title because the Saudi Arabia crowd will be more yeah. accommodating to Roman Reigns, yeah, which is kind of makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable well there's a lot about that bill that makes me feel uncomfortable but we can talk yeah. about that another time yeah <laughs> yeah I, in the similar way that uh wrestlemania 18 has rock hogan which is a great match with the sound on and then a terrible match with the sound off i think we should all go back and watch lesnar reigns 2 with the sound off and see what that looks like because i imagine it will be not as good as 31 the first time they fought, but pretty good with the sound off and you're not seeing beach balls and all sorts of ridiculous things. Um, it was seven F5s by the end. I thought it was six, but it, it, if it was seven, it was, you know, that's... Which is ridiculous. But was was the point of this, I mean, it was a very, very un-PG match with what happened and with all the blood in it. Was was the point of it, maybe we've speculated that they, they called an audible and changed the finish, but could it be that they were actually trying to have a... a coming out party, as they say, for Roman with these fans. Look how much punishment he is taking. Look how much blood is on his face. You know, he can do what you want him to do. You missed the Attitude Era. Here's the most Attitude Era yeah. hero you're going to get. Which, again, no. I, I will keep saying this over and over and over and over again. What is the point of Roman Reigns? He has no discernible character. He has no fixed reason for being. And this is, as Carrie has said, the best bit about Roman Reigns is when he's in the Shield. Because his MO there is, I look after my younger brothers, Dean and Seth. So when he doesn't have that, I why do you want the title? I why do you wear a tactical vest? I thought it was interesting why? that the, the, the whole event... You had, you know, so we had the, had the main event, we had the highlights VTs. The last shot of WrestleMania is sad Roman walking up the ramp. Mm. And they're not going to do anything with that. It felt they're, like at it least was going to be a John been... Cena redemption type thing, didn't it? With, with, with The Rock from a couple of years exactly. ago. But it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like they're going to go down that route either. So that, even, that just enhances what you're saying. Why like? have him beat The Undertaker and then have Paul Heyman go, the only two people who have beaten The Undertaker at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, I'm going to meet, and then have it end in that manner? What is the point of Roman Reigns? We need to figure it out because while I love 31, it looks like Seth Rollins may have space jammed the goodness that Roman Reigns might have had. 
All right, interesting. Um, let's go on to what I consider to be the best match on this show. Um, I copped a fair bit of flack for calling this my match of the year, but there we go. Um, Charlotte versus Asuka. It started with the entrances. I mean, the Charlotte entrance was just a thing of beauty. Props to WWE, and you know that had sort of Kevin Dunn's fingerprints all over it, didn't it? That that kind of big entrance, but. Carry the match didn't let us down either, did it? No, I mean, talk about the entrance. I mean, obviously, Charlotte's entrance with her uh, legionnaires, I don't know. She was once a throne wench. Well, this is so it. So this is inverted, you know, yeah. now she is. Yeah. So the next big NXT, say, yes. NXT breakout star was probably one of those blokes. But you couldn't yeah. see because they had the masks on. Mm. So, yes, obviously, she was one of, uh, one of Triple H's wenches uh, back in the day with, with Alexa and Sasha. But, yeah, I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was really nicely done. And the match was amazing. And, yeah, I cried. I cried yeah, I did so too. much. It was <laughs> just, yeah, it just, I was just so proud and pleased for them both. And it was a proper, proper fight. I mean, do you see the punishment the pair of them mm. took? There mm. was proper blood over both of them. Yeah, it was like Charlotte's arm was a mess, wasn't it, towards, oh, yeah. you know, towards the end. And there were just some beautiful moves, wasn't there? The moonsault onto the triangle, the suplex off the apron, the Spanish fly. How good was that Spanish that fly? Is that, is that what you were um, referencing, Carl, when you said she's been practising a, a special move for WrestleMania? Cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> it was, no, it was absolutely superb. Um, a couple of tiny little things let it down, i.e. the 40-year-old man they kept on cutting back to. You know, the gormless man who, oh. who, 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 by the way, is a trained actor, apparently, <laughs> um, has a film out soon. If, at least if they're going to cut to him, at least him sort of, you know, going, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Not just looking like, you know, he's got the beer next to him and it just, it just didn't work. That was just, didn't work. But yeah, yeah, so that's John Cena who had started yes, sorry, in the, yeah. um, in the pre-show, uh, sitting in the crowd and, um, Obviously, we probably all felt the kind of why is John Cena taking the spotlight away from this from this brilliant match at the end of it. I did hear a justification that as uh, the ref ran down the ramp first, it may might have made the crowd feel like there was a cash-in coming post-match. Uh, but that's not really a good enough justification well, for... Like if you only think about that two days afterwards. Mm. <laughs> I think yeah, it shows well, that quite, nobody yeah, thought yeah, that at yeah. the time, did they? And it was, yeah, that was unnecessary. I thought Charlotte and Oscar sold it really well. Yeah, they cut to Oscar in the ring, sort of, what's going on? And Charlotte's sort of just going, is that John Cena running up the ramp? But they wouldn't have done that when Taker Street was conquered. So why on earth would you do that when Oscar Street's conquered? It, it just, yeah, it was disappointing. And in terms of the finish of this um, this match, it kind of, it was a surprise because Asuka lost the streak. But to me, it makes sense because Charlotte had been treading water for a little while and Asuka now doesn't have to go to SmackDown, which she would have done had she won, unless she moves in the superstar <laughs> shakeup, of course. But I felt that, in, although I didn't see it coming, it was actually the right finish for them to go with for this match. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, think if anyone was going to break the streak, it had to be Charlotte and that kind of whole legacy thing. And I thought, the yeah, the story they told and the way that they did the ending was also very nice. I mean, the, the kind of mutual respect thing. And Charlotte looked really shaken up, so I'm not sure whether it was kind of a genuine injury that she had or whether it was just the emotion of the occasion. But either way, I think it just it just worked so brilliantly. Yeah, it was beautiful. I think I loved about that as well. You know, they had the moment in the ring and the Charlotte goes, and then Charlotte right at the end, just at the top of the ramp, just jumps up and down like an excited little girl with the title. And you're just thinking, that is exactly right. Everything about this match in terms of what we saw in the ring, but the emotion afterwards, the scripted emotion, the respect, and then the sort of actual genuine celebration as well. It was lovely. It was a thing of beauty. Um, next up, from that to something which you know, I think it's fair to say was a little bit of a disappointment on the night. Carl, you called this to AJ versus Shinsuke. I would maybe preface it with, this was clearly the first match in a series of matches between the pair so maybe they didn't want to leave it all out there at Wrestlemania is that is that a, a fair thing to say or did it just not click for them on the night it didn't click it didn't, it didn't click and then 
the moment Nakamura gets on his knees to give the title, you're uh oh WrestleMania is too big and has too many casual fans. These two need to put a clinic in. This is going to be for backlash. Like make that your backlash main event. We looked at the numbers of how much in-ring action there was, and this was the second longest match, mm. uh, with the longest one hilariously being the Ronda Rousey tag match. <laughs> uh, so you thought Triple H wouldn't have his moment in the sun. He always does. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was good, borderline great. But when you sell a match as this is the dream match, this is the clinic, this is the one that's for all the wrestling fans, this is the work rate match. And this is the problem WWE have all the time with you can't push a match as this is one of work rate. And I think a really good parallel is the NXT TakeOver main event. So that one, yes, we know Champer and Gargano can go, but on top of that, you have an emotional build of two brothers who have fallen out and blah, 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 blah. So even if the in-ring action doesn't quite snap, you can have that amazing moment that they had with the broken crutch and they're just sat next to each other. And that's that's what you talk about. Whereas the build for this wasn't so great and the whole thing was we're really good in the ring. So when the we're really good in the ring bit doesn't snap, you just sort of sat there going, all right, so you kicked him in the head, now what? I rewatched it again when I wasn't so tired and I think this is, this is the big victim of WrestleMania being too long and very often your impression of how good a match is at WrestleMania depends on where it is in the time like if it happens in that if that you put that match in a different hour where you are more open to watching people just slap each other around for a bit more then you'll probably give that a better starring but i told you it wasn't gonna be the match you wanted and that's my bobby heenan take on that <laughs> it was very similar to aj jericho two years ago but that was the second match of the night and yeah. that that fit and it was absolutely fine and aj was the opener last year of course oh, exactly mm. And it's, it took a while to get going in this match. Neither of them completely unleashed. You, you know, just everything about it just kind of felt, you know, like it was, these two are fighting, so we need to give it the billing it should have. But come on, be ruthless. This is, this is, this is your biggest stage, you know. Show them at their best, which might be just a 15-minute match, which is just incredible. And that's fine. What's wrong with that? Great mm. decision at the end. Like, oh, yeah. Turning Nakamura heel and basically going, we're going to beat whatever out each other at Backlash. Yes, great. I'm really interested in that bit, but... The match is fine. Even that, though, I wanted to see more brutality from Nakamura, and we're probably going to see that going forward. But yeah, this—he could be a brilliant heel. He will be a brilliant sort of, you know, this killer, unpredictable guy. You don't know what's going to happen. And his—he, his, we all know his strikes are. Incredible, but what else is he going to bring as a heel? And that's what we could have seen in terms of. There's only one table pop the entire night. No chairs, no anything like that. That could have been a time where we could have seen we could have seen the the champa side of of Nakamura. Mm, yeah. Um, Carrie, they released a documentary onto the network a couple of days before Mania, like a, I think it was 37 minutes long about Shinsuke Nakamura, like the man, you know, behind the character, etc. Would this match have been better, uh, better well received and, and would it have been a better build if they'd have chopped that into chunks and ran it on SmackDown for the last few weeks rather than hardly promoting it and putting it on the network? Yeah, always would. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's what NXT do really well. Even you've you've got somebody really quite dull, like the one of TM61 who's really dull, who mm. didn't get his knee done. Um, he was actually quite interesting when they did the kind of backstage things. Roderick Strong, I almost cared about him for a little while when NXT <laughs> were doing their video oh. packages. So, yeah, I mean, WWE can do that really well. They can tell those backstories. They can give us a reason to care. And particularly with someone like Shinsuke, where his English isn't necessarily particularly great, giving us that kind of insight in that video package, in those bite-sized packages, it would have been perfect. But, you know, WWE. Well, we're going to talk about NXT and the rest of WrestleMania 34 shortly. So stick around. We'll be back after this short break. 
Welcome back to Parts Unknown. We're continuing our breakdown of WrestleMania 34 from the Superdome. That's the Superdome in New Orleans. Um, next up, we'll go to not the match of the night, but certainly the surprise of the night, maybe the surprise of the year, maybe... I mean, if anybody can tell me that they were predicting Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey to be the absolute barnstormer that it was, I will call you a liar. Is this, I don't know, Carl, the biggest shock in terms of a quality wrestling match you've seen? I was thoroughly sports entertained. Mm. Um, wow. How when, good is Ronda Rousey at wrestling? I, I don't know yet. That's the that's the really fun thing. I still don't know. <laughs> Some of it was sloppy, but but the cool thing about Ronda Rousey's in-ring stuff is even when she's sloppy it kind of works because she's clearly just so happy and so aggressive and agitated to be there that if she flings you and it doesn't quite snap and you go like Steph does rolling around the place that works because she's just got so much energy and anger in her that oh okay I'll take you seriously also Stephanie McMahon having Olympic level jiu-jitsu defense (laughs) is one of my new favorite things in wrestling (laughs) and I want that to be canon going forward like Every future thing involving Stephanie McMahon should just feature her having Olympic level judo defense. So next time, just like an NXT person tries to put in her armbar, she's like, nope, I've learned because I fought Ronda Rousey. <laughs> we got the um, the usual overblown Triple H entrance. I like to think that the couple that spits together stays together. Um, we saw on 24 Steph trying to do that a couple of main years ago, didn't we? And she couldn't get it right. So at least that had come on. I thought with Kurt Angle, he looked absolutely terrified when he came to the ring. But he's got that thing where he flicks the switch and he can wrestle competently still. Yeah, completely. And I, the big fear going into this was Kurt, just generally his health. I just oh please don't hurt her and he was he was fine they kind of hit him enough and did, did the spots he did with Triple H actually worked quite well and yeah this was just so much fun and Rousey the thing I really like about what Rousey's done is she's clearly come in as a team player she took the spots you know that, the, her going to the ring post especially looked it looked horrible it looked fantastic and her in WWE in my opinion is working in terms of if they sell it right. It will work really well. I don't know if they're going to go for the whole Steve Austin kind of angle. This is going to last forever, or what, what's going to happen in terms of you know? Because obviously she isn't the greatest communicator. But in the ring, we saw enough to go. If she's in a main event. I'll watch. Mm, yeah, Carrie. Um, Anton touched on there. She's not the greatest communicator. Did that maybe lower our expectations for the quality of the match, and then it's, it's ended up surprising us? And maybe we shouldn't have been surprised about that because she wasn't a great orator in terms of a, a you know a UFC press conferences and stuff. But as soon as as the fight started, everybody wanted to watch her. So maybe it's not that big a surprise that she transitioned it over to wrestling. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I think you're right in terms of I think expectations were slightly lowered. I mean, her promos weren't great. I mean, she couldn't even point at the WrestleMania sign properly. <laughs> But, um, yeah, when she's actually in the ring, her actual storytelling was pretty good. I mean, you, you could understand what she was doing. You could see what was driving her. You understood that motivation. So, yeah, it, it was really good fun. And I really enjoyed the stuff that she actually did with Triple H as well. Again, yeah. Triple H taking the bumps for the ladies. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I, one um, Ronda bit, which I particularly enjoyed, was her pulling Steph's hairs out of yeah, her fingers yes, near yeah. the end. That was a really nice touch. Um, she did absolutely brilliantly. Well done, Ronda. We're looking forward to the rest of your WWE run all of a sudden. From here, we are going to go to the man who um, was all over the kickoff show, John Cena. So he wants a match with Undertaker, as we know. We've seen him throughout the night, blah, 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 etc. and so on. We think we're going to get him, and then Carrie's favourite, Elias, comes out. At this point, you must have been fairly happy, uh, especially when he delivered the memorable line, Oh, were you expecting somebody else? <laughs> 
Oh my God, this was the best bit of the entire WrestleMania for me. He is such a beautiful trolling bastard. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, I thought that was amazing. And then I thought, no, Senior is going to do something terrible and ruin my WrestleMania dream. And he did. So he squashes Elias pretty quickly. Eventually, after after a, a bit of hocus pocus, we get the Undertaker. Um, not quite the Undertaker Cena match that we were thinking we'd get. Is it fair to say? Brilliant. Um, uh, again, rewatched it when I wasn't tired, and less than three minutes of in ring action. Apparently, Re-watch- yeah, the Undertaker's entrance is twice as long as the match. Uh, one put Elias in the Hall of Fame immediately. Uh, <laughs> so the moment Elias appears. Everyone in my house jumps up and down, and I pretty much like got my friend in a loving headlock. I just burst out laughing <laughs> at how, even when wrestling is bad, it's still one of the best things ever. Um, that's great. And then, really interesting bit that you, when you rewatch and you're not knackered, Corey Graves says, "What kind of Undertaker did John Cena bring back? Was it the one from last year or a different version?" As a sort of, he's not going to be slow and useless anymore. Uh, and then, yeah, that's the right decision. Have him absolutely go through John Cena. This is a match that no one wanted and could have never been as good as what all the people who like wanted it back in the day. So, you know, everyone one day wanted Taker versus Sting and then it got to a point where Taker versus Sting would have been the worst thing in the world to happen. So if you're going to stay like that, just have one person absolutely flatten him and it just not count as canon. Yeah. I was very sports entertained. Why? And then you had the other rhetoric at the end. He's looking better than ever. Easy Cole. I mean, he missed about, he missed a big boot. He, yeah, there, there was there was some there were some bad spots in this as well. It was it was short, but it was not a very good match. Why, Anton, did we get the dead man taker when he left his hat and gloves in the ring last year and we'd had so much focus on that? How come he wasn't the American badass? Because you don't want the American I, badass. I was going to say, I think I don't actually know that many people that really want the American badass. Yeah, it was fun, the Brothers of Destruction and on a bike, and but was it actually that good? Like you, Undertaker is synonymous of being this guy from the darkness. This is the whole point. If you bring back Undertaker, you can't bring down a condensed version when they just needed to freshen him up for a while. You need to bring him back at his zenith, and that's what they're trying to do. So, do you think that last year was genuinely intended to be his goodbye, but he thought that was such a stinker? I've got to come back and do something else. I'd like to think so. Yeah, and, and uh, in terms of... I've got no problem with them trying to bring back the Mystique because they've tried it with other characters. That hasn't worked. If they're going to bring him back, bring back the best version of him. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, it was enjoyable, as short as it was. Um, from here, I want to talk about the new face of WWE, potentially. Certainly one of the hottest prospects, um, Nicholas, who turns <laughs> out to be Braun Strowman's tag team partner to take on the bar... Braun wanders through the crowd, picks up this kid who it turns out is the son of WWE referee John Cone. So he obviously, I mean, he did a good job for a 10-year-old. I would have been absolutely petrified the standing there. The hottest tag it really in was, WrestleMania history. Imagine being 10-year-old Nicholas, getting 77,000 people chanting Nicholas and then going to school the next day like, hey, yeah. <laughs> it's Nicholas. <laughs> I'm not your regular fourth grader. Yeah. Tell me to cut my hair now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it seems like there's kind of two reactions to this. Either Either this is a terrible way to treat the tag titles or this was really good fun, enjoyable, sports entertainment y, WrestleMania-y. Carl, which side of the fence are you? Uh, I nearly cried. It was one of the best things. <laughs> if, Braun, if Braun Strowman's gimmick is I'm going to travel around the world and like help children win tag team title belts, yeah, <laughs> good. Do that. Why didn't John Cena have that idea before? If he wants to go work with young talent and, and like develop the brand, do that instead. Um, I thought it was brilliant. I got on a big Twitter conversation with someone who said oh it's stealing a big spot for someone at the back who hasn't had a Wrestlemania moment I went, well Jinder Mahal a year or so ago was in 3MB and now he's 
holding the US title. Everyone eventually gets their WrestleMania spot. There was no guarantee Nicholas would get a WrestleMania spot. So <laughs> do that. And like the visual of a 10-year-old boy not being strong enough to hold a tag team belt over his head and then just screaming, yeah, that's what wrestling's about. So I, I, I need to you know, be a bit honest. Uh, I was at Wembley. Uh, in the day with a few friends watching my hometown team Shrewsbury haven't you uh, heartbroken haven't, well, yeah it was a terrible game of football I know but the, the free bar helped so and then obviously carried on through to watch Wrestlemania which was a long day thought this was absolutely hilarious at the time as you would because you know you're hammered going back and watching it again I still found it funny unashamedly funny everything about it was it just executed like fantastically of course of course it's silly even Graves helped as well with the, that's a child and <laughs> where are his parents because that's exactly what we're screaming yeah. at, this, at the same time thinking jeez I mean Seamus and Zara are big guys they could they could destroy him brilliant I mean we shouldn't be baying for the 10 year old's blood but brilliant <laughs> I think Michael Cole maybe if he had his time again wouldn't have shouted Nicholas is legal quite so often yeah, um, well, that was also, slightly awkward but the, but the weird thing about the match at the beginning sorry to take away from Nicholas but when the bar arrived on a float and Graves shouts someone get me a hurricane in New Orleans yep. ooh yeah I just thinking, made that connection where did ooh and then there was a there was a little silence where Graves didn't say anything for about 40 seconds and you're thinking he's had, someone's had a go at me yeah, yeah he's getting chewed out um, Carrie producer Ben's got this theory that Braun is now going to go on to be like the new Hulk Hogan basically so they're making him um, you know one for the kids he's, he's obviously we've seen this interaction with Nicholas he's revealing these extra sides to his character we've got that funny backstage skit on Raw is that where you see him or do you prefer your month I prefer the monster, but I think Ben might be right because um, if you look at Braun's Twitter account at the moment, he's been like tweeting pictures of him doing the kind of make a wish thing and thanking people for queuing to meet him at Access. And yeah, it does look like they're going that way. Make him the new Andre the Giant. Which do you, uh, do you think that that's it, they're doing this now with obviously the Andre HBO doc is coming out this month? Do you think that's intentional or is that just a, a call you've made? I think. It's a call I just made, but also children love Andre. But also, if you annoyed Andre, Andre would snap and just grab you and be like, all right, now I'm going to beat you up. But just you, because you're a bad person. Um, they they tease this unsuccessfully with Eric Rowan, just I don't like bullies. And I think you can have the monster among men who will snap and go, oh, you're bullying Seth Rollins or, or you're bullying someone I like. I'm going to step in and we're going to have a, I'm going to put you through multiple tables. But yeah. Braun Strowman being a superhero for kids is something I'm so here for. Well, well, well I mean, he's a you know, squashing bullies fine, but I mean, he should be arrested for criminal damage consistently. The guy <laughs> hates vehicular things. This makes absolutely no sense. Ambulances, rubbish trucks, this float, like anything on wheels. He's just he must have been like, was his dad leaving for a quick fit fitter when he was a kid? I mean, seriously, what is this guy's problem with wheels? The bit with with the character who had this sort of sort of shocked face running off down the ramp that was very very WrestleMania. Um, so that is WrestleMania, the first bit, but I want to break off here so we can talk about NXT for a bit because we have to talk about it. Um, Progress owner, booker Jim Smallman says this is the best wrestling card he's ever seen. I think that's probably going a little bit too far, but it has been brilliantly received universally. Carrie, the takeovers always are. Was this one better than what's come before? Does that even matter? Was it just a great wrestling show to enjoy? It was a great wrestling show. Um, I'm not sure it was the best takeover. I mean, I think people tend to hype up takeovers so much now because they expect it to be better than the main roster show like the day after as well. So there's kind of a lot of pressure on them. But no, I thought it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed the women's match. Obviously, the uh, Gargano-Champa uh, main event was fantastic as well. And 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a great show. Had a bit, bit of everything for everyone. I think. Was Gargano Champion your match of the night, Anton? Uh, well, I think people who listen to the future episodes will know how much I love a ladder match, and I absolutely adored this ladder match. EC3 was in this match just to die. Basically, <laughs> that was his role. Dane with the power, with the with the Vader bomb, with with Cole on his back. Brilliant. Love the fact that bad guy won, and then you know the. Undisputed Era, who I don't particularly get behind, have now got all the gold and they're really dislikable. That works. Ricochet is just a disgustingly handsome man. Like a day disgustingly handsome man. And Velveteen Dream was already there. Yeah. So, you know, making me question everything I thought about myself for the last 30 years. Just like, embrace oh, it, man. Just a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful man. And it, and I'm not a huge fan of Nailware Drop. It kind of throws back to, to 80s wrestling where, you know, but Velveteen's, he, he, got, the, he got the height. Oh, man. And then that would have hurt. And just, oh, it was just such such a good match. And, Carl, the juxtaposition between that and WrestleMania, which was twice as long, and very sports entertainment-y, it, did you have a, a slight sense of guilt watching some of the spots on TakeOver? Did, did they maybe go a little bit far in terms of putting themselves in harm's way in the ladder match in particular? Or is that just, look, NXT's a different brand to WWE, that's how it goes? I, th- I think um, it's a bit like watching American sport in terms of the Super Bowl. So if you don't really particularly watch NFL, you will watch the Super Bowl because you want to see Beyonce play halftime or you want to like there are bits in the Super Bowl and the three, four hours of the Super Bowl that are not designed for people that like the intricacies of American football. And I think WrestleMania is the same way. Like if you very much like wrestling and storytelling and blah, 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 you have takeover. And I think like just talking about Nicholas and Braun Strowman, that's not something that will ever, ever happen in NXT. But also that very quiet moment between Champa and Gargano isn't something you can really do in a WrestleMania anymore because you have 80,000 people baying for blood. Um, and it's very good that we have both. I still think perhaps we should have had WrestleMania split across two days, one day's for title matches and one day's for blood feuds. But now we have NXT for all your blood feuds and, WrestleMania for it's free and it's free <laughs> or, or it's free 99 if you book a tea yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> I, th- I think one thing that sort of from an economic point of view is NXT loses a lot of money a lot of money for WWE you're talking sort of a couple of tens of millions of pounds in terms of you know the, the tours you know, they sell out by their tiny arenas so they, what do they do they do it for two reasons one for de- developmental two for legitimacy for the actual fans and you think well this is kind of and they they you can never really discount the proper fan who who wants to see this kind of thing, who still believe that you know WWE is a great product compared to what they see on the indies or that kind of thing. And I think you, it needs mm-hmm. now now it has it, it needs it, and you can't get rid of it. Yeah, uh, Champo versus Gargano is recency bias, recency bias, recency bias, recency bias. That's maybe my favorite match ever in a WWE ring. That is everything you want and could teach someone about why wrestling is great. I, I made exactly that point, Carl, in that I think that in the Performance Centre in 20 years' time, they'll still be running videos of that match. Yeah. This is storytelling. So, from start from th- all 37 minutes of it. And this is the great thing about NXT. It, there's that uh, old Roger Ebert thing about how if you want to teach someone comedy, you show them Buster Keaton videos, and then you then you show them Jackie Chan videos, and you show them the through line and how physical comedy and non-verbal storytelling works. Um, NXT now has four or five matches like that where you want to learn how men fall out and then embrace each other. You put on Champa versus Gargano. You want to show them how uh, you are facing undescribable odds and you overcome. Then you show them Revival versus any of the teams that tried to take on the Revival down there. You want to show them how eventually you're going to 
come up against an immovable object and you want to and you lose, show them an AOP match. Like they have so many matches that transcend language and music, and you can watch them the sound on or the sound off. You can dip in for five minutes and you understand everything divorced of context. And NXT should be taught in film school. And that's my Werner Herzog opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Just finally on NXT, Carrie, Alistair Black walked out as the champion. Do you see him sticking around in NXT for the foreseeable, therefore? Or, or is this um, sort of a transition into him getting a main roster spot fairly soon? No, I can see him hanging around in NXT for a bit longer. And I'm not quite sure what they'd make of him on the main roster either. That's always the worry, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I'm, no, I think that's going to be a, a reasonably long title reign and uh, see where we go from there. Him versus McIntyre will be a thing. One will be thing, a thing relatively soon and mm. it will be brutal and it will be wonderful. Mm. One thing I will point out, uh, my friend uh, Michael Hardy, he's at Dean Duran. He tweets about wrestling right now again. He talks about how NXT is really good for improving the camera work in WWE. So, uh, Alistair Black, the Black Mass, when it first started, Black Mass wasn't a well-shot move. It just looked like, oh, it's a kick. It's not very effective because they clearly hadn't quite understood how to shoot a very, very one-off bang you've been hit in the head. And then they've clearly got very much better at shooting Alistair Black's Black Mass, which conversely has made Nakamura more interesting on the main roster because they've gone, oh, that's how you make strikes look cool. So my thing recently is how um, a lot of WWE camera work does loads of multiple cuts when people are punching each other to hide the fact that punches are looking whiffy. Whereas certain superstars now, they keep the camera on those superstars because they've learned if this guy's offense is primarily strike-based, we can't do loads of camera cuts. And I think that's also a benefit of NXT, just teaching the camera people this is how you can shoot various styles so thank you michael for teaching me that that's a good point and it moves us nicely on speaking of whiffy punches to shane mcmahon and daniel bryan versus kevin owens and Sami Zayn. back to wrestlemania we are um the big return three years in the making of daniel bryan and then another few minutes in the making before he actually got round to getting in the ring shane mcmahon who'd been quite seriously ill he was fine to go out there and uh, and take the bulk of the match for me, I don't know about you, Carrie, this is where the card started to dip. Yeah, this is where it started going off the cliff for me. Um, I was so happy to see Brian back. Obviously, he was thrilled to be there. And I just sat there going, I don't know what he's going to do. What if he breaks his neck? What if he dies? And I couldn't really watch it, which is weird because I love Brian and I love Sami Zayn and I love Kevin Owens. And I I just I couldn't watch. I'm wow. Sorry. As soon as I saw Daniel Bryan's opening VT with the whole weird, almost Terminator-esque kind of start with it, with the mm. they're trying to locate the yes movement, then it, I just thought, it's as we said before, I don't think they know how to maximise Daniel Bryan, and I really hope they figure that out soon. It, it was Terminator it Cross with Vanguard One, wasn't it? it really Neither was, of yeah. which have anything to do with Daniel Bryan. WWE will never understand what makes Daniel Bryan good, because in the same. Vince McMahon is one of those people that doesn't understand why people like Superman and for that reason Vince McMahon will never understand Daniel Bryan he will never understand why someone just wants to do good for no other reason than doing good is good I mean there were there were some things I mean Bryan kicking out the hell of a kick and the, and the pop-up powerbomb you're thinking brilliant okay there it's, are it's you a know, good match Yeah, there they are, will never understand there, Daniel that Bryan was, it felt like a match that in terms of once in a while you see a match that calibre on Raw or SmackDown yeah. and, that's, and that's, that's fine it didn't blow me away and it helped the fact that you've got Owens the MVP and Zayn there. Was... I mean, Owens. I love Owens' t-shirts. I love the re- everyone is hearts back to the original WrestleMania logo. It's just brilliant. And the sneak attack 
worked well in terms of being great. Lovely comeback, Daniel. Yeah. He's on the stretcher. <laughs> Superb. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Money can't save you now, Shay. Yeah, exactly. All that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was sl- slightly disappointing. Sami Zayn is the MVP of that match, really holding that together. He's the best seller in WWE because he's got these weird jelly legs when he's been hit. So you genuinely think he's been concussed. And I, I can't tell if Sami Zayn is concussed or not. He's that good at making me think he's completely out of it. Um, yeah, have Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan fight in a pocket universe for a year. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Just just split those two. Sammy versus Daniel on one side and Kevin versus Shane on the other side and have them go fight. Because but now, now you've got um you've got Kevin and you've got Sammy doing the whole Heath Slater Heath Slater I need a job thing. Mm. So which could be It's gonna be loads of fun. Which... Give them just give them chairs and have them intervene in every single main event for a month until eventually Fight to get a contract yeah. again, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with Sammy and um, Kevin, obviously. I want to go right back to the start next the start of the main show at least and the IC title match which um, I thought was an absolute cracker between Miz um, Finn Balor and Seth Seth came out the winner I'm not sure many people predicted that but after what was a pretty disappointing um, kickoff show I thought this was a really good way to get people in the mood for Wrestlemania the pop for Seth obviously he was the first person out and we saw Pyro which was part of the pop but um He's producer Ben's favourite wrestler, and he was a lot of the WrestleMania crowd style people's favourite wrestler as well, isn't he? And we and it's nice for him to complete the Grand Slam, I suppose. But the match was just as good as we thought it would be, and Miss played his part in that too. I thought it was fantastic. Can we talk about Finn Balor's entrance? Yeah, mm. that's a it pop. Was, yeah, it was magical. And, and an actual nod to LGBT fans that. Oh my god! They, people from that community also like wrestling. Yes, yes, they have for years. Thank you finally for acknowledging that. I thought that was incredible because Finn's actually done quite a lot on social media, kind of um, LGBTQ stuff. And people are kind of always, you get the wrestling fans tweeting back going, does that mean you're gay then? And he's like, no, it just means that, you know, I'm a human being and I think, uh, you know, people from that community watch wrestling. And I just thought having that at WrestleMania and then with Sonya Deville as well in her um, Mm -hmm. pride uh, gear for the Battle Royal, I thought that was that was quite special, I thought, for, for WrestleMania. I thought a big step for WWE in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Rollins' White Walker entrance was that necessary? Uh, I, as I tweeted, you cannot be, you cannot be burn it down, and also the Night King, and I don't care. Even, <laughs> even if you did take one of the dragons, Night King, you can't have both elements. Seth, pick one. Um, yeah, I really like this match. Uh, what What was Miz doing? Sending the Miz Taraj to the back and sort of being a bit facey and then not going anywhere with it. That, that struck me as a little bit odd. Was that just just sort of because? We didn't want shenanigans, which we didn't get many of. I don't think that was facey. I think that's Miz. That's Miz's ego, right? I think that's very much. I'm the big man, and I don't need you two next to me right now. I'm going to go out there and beat these two people because I'm the best. I'm the Miz, and then obviously it didn't work out because he's the Miz and he's chicken shit. But he will mention that the whole daughter will come up nine times an episode. Oh, I am so fed up of that now. Exactly, and I really like it. I, I always Ooh. think of Brock Lesnar to Heath Slater. I don't give a shit about your kids. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. <laughs> You're being worked, bro. <laughs> What's the most annoying thing about yeah. your friend having a baby? Yeah, no, no, them okay. constantly but, 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 talking but, but, about their baby. That's that. I completely understand that. Yeah, you're definitely he's working. That. He's working but, using that. <laughs> he's using his child to get hate. Heat. That's fine as long as he doesn't change as a character. 
As long as it's kind of he doesn't start doing good because he has a child. Oh, I that's, think... that's 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 as long as he doesn't do that, that's fine. Oh, oh, he's he can annoy me as much as much. Mate, put put pictures up and do what. That's fine, you know. Because again, I'm buying into that. If my friends do it, no, I don't want to see him. They're fine. They're all like potatoes. <laughs> but <laughs> I just realised that some of my friends listen. Every adult, Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. except yours. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I um I completely agree in terms of yeah anything that gets heat is great, but as long as it doesn't change his character and watching the raw after WrestleMania, there are elements. I you know, admitting you cried and that kind of thing and you're thinking please don't please don't change The Miz The Miz has just been brilliant for the last two years keep it going Was it a bit mean not to let him become the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time? I think so but then that's because I love The Miz and you know Rollins is incredible deserves to be a Grand Slam champ and it was a great match and it had a great ending so yeah I, I shouldn't be annoyed but that's just because I like The Miz Carrie what did you think of the um, the blue contact lenses was it was it horrible was it nice was it the look of somebody who had a pretty serious eye infection i think it was all all of the above um yeah i did a bit of a double take but i thought it i thought it suited him but he took it out for the match didn't he he didn't have him in for the match so yeah yeah, it was it was was a nice change something to look at he looks pretty whatever he does so it's good (laughs) he surely does um carl finn is he is the are we just seeing a continuation now for finn he's involved with seth as he has been in an ic title feud going forward or have they got bigger plans for him I think Finn versus Seth can run until SummerSlam because also crucially Finn didn't unleash the demon which is the great thing about Finn Finn can always be like yeah yeah you didn't beat the demon though did you Um, something I really want to see is when Finn becomes the demon please have him wrestle different and please have it be that the demon takes something out so your inbuilt Finn Balor heel turn is that to beat Seth Rollins he has to keep going to demon mode and eventually the demon corrupts him completely and he has to become a heel. You're listening to the Parts Unknown Wrestling Podcast from Muddy Knees Media. So the SmackDown tag title match, um, not much of a match as it turned out to be. Uh, it was very, very short. Again, felt like an afterthought of a match. We thought it might be a TLC-style barnstormer. Um, we know how much effort New Day put into their WrestleMania entrances. Anton, I know you weren't happy with this. I wasn't either. Um, a real sort of crass, tasteless, coming off the back of the Finn Balor entrance. It's going yeah, to show this, this company's got a, a lot more to do. Completely agree. And we, like you said, we saw a nod to the whole, you know, to uh, LGBT, LGBT supporters. We saw, you know, something you'd never seen in wrestling a few years ago. That would never have happened. Um, and as, as Carrie mentioned, you know, that Sonya Deville, they didn't ham up sort of the fact that she's the first openly gay female competitor. You know, they allowed her to wear pride uniform, but it was, it, uh, as Carl said previously before, you don't need to always point out the progress to be making progress. And that was, you're thinking, great, you know, starting to get there. And, and then we see this. We see, you know, we, this, remember, this is, this is the night after, the two nights after um, uh, J.J. Robinson, uh, Jarris Robinson's inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, a kid who's, you know, just sort of has to go through exceptionally horrific things in his life, sort of, you know, and yet come out so positively and has clearly makes such an impact on people. You then then think it's okay to dress uh, people with, you know, with other health complications up in pancakes and a laugh at them. It's just, it's just horrible. And to hear them sort of, you know, referred to as, oh, look at their magic and get these things away from me. You're just thinking, great. So the whole point is, you know, the WWE has a huge you know, compassionate image, you know, be a star, be a star. Well, what about the 13-year-old kid who, you know, is, is struggling at school, you know, may well have, you know, similar sort of, you know, any kind of physical limitations, then what? 
Are we being a star now? No, we're not being a star over because we're basically dressing people up and laughing at them because, oh, look, they, they're they tiny and they're running around and, oh, look, they're doing the worm like normal people. It's It just sat really, really poorly with me. All I could really tweet during the New Day entrance was, um, and I think a lot of people were watching their match and then also going, well, did I just see that entrance? And it's especially disappointing because it's the New Day. And they play, they basically have a lot of say over their WrestleMania entrances, yeah. don't they? So... Very, very confusing. The match itself very much felt as if they were told they were going to have 15 minutes and then just before they went out, they were told, you've got seven. I, I called the Blood and Brothers. Um, and I think they're going to be really fun with the title. But uh, yeah, that, that's very much a match that is overshadowed by just, a, at best, a confusing creative decision and it was an offensive one. We're going to give WWE props in terms of, you know, oh, look how far... It's, it's like a 13-year-old saying, oh, look how mature I am, look how mature I am, and then going to the other side of the playground and trying to dump in someone's mouth, effectively, because you're trying to play the bully. And this is this is the thing in terms of grow up or don't grow up. Be one or the... Uh, just, it's just really awful. In terms of a match, the match was fine. If anything, if it should have been seven, the most intense seven minutes, because these three teams are you know, brilliant. And it wasn't that. It just felt like a kind of... Smackdown main event, it just it just really lacked it. The US title match, um, Anton, it's already being described as one of the matches that happened at WrestleMania 34. Have you got anything more significant to say about it than that? I mean, it felt like it should have just been third match on SmackDown. Even the entrances disappointed me, and that was the one thing I was actually looking forward to going into this. If you're Bobby Roode, you're worried, because how long have we been saying Bobby Roode's WrestleMania entrance will be amazing? He didn't even get down the ramp before it was cut. It was cut and had nothing special, which is, if yeah, you're right, it was a massive worry. Um... I'd love the fact that Aiden English had his head shaved, sort of halfway through, you know, halfway through the. But bill. why was he rapping and not singing? It's a shame. I didn't isn't quite it? understand that. It is a shame. Um, they didn't go full Maharaja for Jinder and Orton, as we said, just walked to the ring. So in terms of the entrances, it was disappointing. Uh, and the one thing I didn't like was the fact that it was Rusev that got pinned, because it felt like a bit of a middle finger up to the fans in terms of you really want him to win. Nah, he's going to cost. He's going to cost the match. Yeah, and Carrie, it was such a shame that it had to happen on Rusev Day as well that he lost. It was tragic. It happened on Rusev Day, but you know nothing can really spoil Rusev Day because Rusev Day is so special. <laughs> so you know, there's always that. Corey Graves saying Rusev Day is a big deal in, in India. India. Yeah, and that is why Jinder and Rusev are teaming up. <laughs> uh, Corey Graves is phenomenal. Just while we while you're on that, very quickly, Corey Graves was great. I thought it became really obvious as the show went on that he and Michael Cole were getting really annoyed with how terrible Jonathan Coachman was. Yes. Why is Jonathan Coachman there? Is is he going to get better? Is it just that he's he's been out for a while or is he just the blandest of the bland? He's bad, but he worked for ESPN and WWE is desperate for mainstream crossover effects so therefore Coachman will keep being there. And I just shrugged. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> if you, you thought it was bad at Mania, Raw after Mania... It's almost as though they've made a concerted effort after being a coach for so long to just go, oh, this is awful. They, you know, coach even calls them stop having your bromance because they keep on saying the same thing in terms of, you know, they keep on calling, yeah, you know, making the same sort of comments at the same time. And it's actually because they're brilliant at their job. And then coach is very much left out. It feels awkward, actually. But, but it's, it's very interesting that it that has happened to coach, to Booker T and to... Um, Byron Saxton and to David Otunga it's like it's almost as if having three commentators is too much and you should maybe just have a two man announce booth and also I think the worry terrifying dog whistle two two yeah that's true yeah but oh. there were there were two there were there were yeah you know, there were two things in terms of a coach is a trained broadcaster so you'd think at least he brings something else he doesn't and secondly we saw it in the women's battle royal they have Beth Phoenix and she was talked over for pretty much the entire match 
So if you're thinking, well, maybe you know, bring someone else in. Well, no, because they don't know how to manage the three-person booth or they haven't worked out the dynamics or just Graves and Cole do it on their own. Yeah, and it was so jarring for Byron Saxton to be the lead commentator on the Women's Battle Royal when you had G- actual Jim Ross there. Um, the final match on the main card that we're going to talk about, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Um, positioning on the card, the way that it went, I kind of thought this was a bit of an afterthought of a match, really. Unfortunately, um, because it's classic WrestleMania fodder, it should have been big versus little, etc. Um, but it was just a little bit flat. Yeah, it was a little bit strange. But, and again, it was the kind of thing that, you know, we, we can see it being on Raw, can't you? It's not the kind of, it wasn't the kind of WrestleMania-y kind of thing you might have expected. I guess I'm pleased with the way it went maybe and i think it's interesting to see naya get a run as a as, as a face as well which i think will be interesting and she's done all this kind of quite cool stuff in the past kind of 48 hours talking about how she wants to be a champion talking about body positivity and that kind of thing so yeah let's see what happens but yeah the match itself yeah not it that started bothered. really well i was gonna say the beat down in mickey james yeah. was quite fun naya coming up completely going through mickey james is a good start and then she should have just ran through Alexa Bliss and that was should have been a five minute yeah eventually the bully gets cornered and good beats bad because that was kind of up until that point a lot of the matches at Wrestlemania had been I am a good person and I'm going to beat the bad person and I thought if you had kept doing that with Daniel Bryan with Ronda Rousey with Nia Jax to a lesser degree AJ Nakamura um, and eventually capped that off with Roman Reigns being, I'm a good, hardworking person, I've been evil Brock Lesnar, you would have had a, oh, that's what this mania's about. But it didn't, because it kind of fell off a cliff near the end. Yeah, that was 10 minutes too long. Uh, uh, but I'm really excited to see you face Nia. Nia also winning as a nod to the rest of the locker room, because Nia's the workhorse. No, no, I'm covering WWE for Sky and, and, and doing that kind of thing. You, you get an interview, it's, it's almost, you know, Nia will be there or thereabouts. In terms Nia of, or the Miz, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of, and she's great. She's approachable. She's, she seems like a really nice person. She clearly loves her job. She, you know, everybody, everybody likes her. So I think it's also a nod in terms of that you've, you've paid your dues. Have, here's, here's your moment. All right, as we wrap up, has anyone got anything to say on the Hall of Fame other than it was too long, in particular, Hillbilly Jim's speech? Hillbilly Jim saying he's going to keep his speech as concise as possible and then his story taking a long diversion about how at college there were some international level shot putters is is your dad at, <laughs> at Christmas after three too many tinnies. <laughs> Ivory having a dig at Flair's wives. I yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. He, also made the highlights package. Didn't yeah. see that one coming either. So, so that, that maybe that's an inside joke that we mm. don't get, or maybe, yeah, it's something else. But the Hall of Fame is way too long, as is WrestleMania, and it almost feels like, you know, they, they ought to drastically, certainly reduce the amount of that that's broadcast. But when you get the pictures that we saw on social media of all the empty seats at the front near the end, um, it's not a good look for the company, really, oh, is JJ's it? JJ's lovely as well. I would say that as well. JJ has so much charisma for a little yeah. kid. Yes, yes, he did very well, didn't JJ he? JJ versus Nicholas, backlash. Okay. <laughs> um, just quickly on the kickoff show, so we've got three matches on it. I thought it was quite low-key overall, not much of note happened on it. The Andre Battle Royal, nobody got an entrance. There were no surprise entrants. There were no returning people from injury. Um, Bray Wyatt, having been dipped in a lake for a month, came out with uh, a lead apron on. I thought it looked like a hipster butcher. All right, OK. I was thinking he was going for an x-ray on his hip. Uh, and he had that to protect him from yeah. radiation. Oh, he's the Undertaker. <laughs> um, why? Why? For the love of Papa Shango. <laughs> if I ever open a bad bar. 
That's <laughs> welcome to Papa Shango's. Every single time they have a chance to do Bray Wyatt well, they're like, no, I'll just bring him back and just have. Oh. <laughs> this is your interesting thing about, uh, as Anton just pointed out, about how when you bring Taker back, you have to bring him back at the pinnacle because clearly no one else can make supernatural stuff work in WWE. No one is given that time to breathe and and be approachable and have the, I'm not going to appear on TV for two months and then when I do appear, it's amazing because you've just brought Bray Wyatt back. Serve as an underling, despite the fact Bray Wyatt's whole thing was, I have a cult. I'm just, oh. It doesn't make any sense. He went into the lake of reincarnation, not the lake of turning someone a little bit face. I mean, what's... what's that? <laughs> what's going to happen? I mean, just that's on the sense. Bobby Roode compound. Yeah, that yeah exactly. <laughs> what's going to happen? The, the slight face leg. I like that. And do you care? No, I don't care about Bray Wyatt anymore, which is really sad because at one point in time, I thought he was going to be the best thing. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Yeah, I, 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 the whole thing was clunky, and as I said before, I just don't think Battle Royals particularly work well on television either. There were no, they're not from NXT, which I thought was a shame. Yeah, coming in this, and why was the King anywhere near a mic? Yeah. Why is Lawler anywhere near He's a mic? He's not the king. We're not calling him the king. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> and he, he even describes, what was it, he called Kane and Corbin goofs yeah. at one point. And you're just thinking, I, I, I don't even know. Well, in some ways they are because they're both sort of, you know, the, their careers are sort of starting to oh, look a bit silly. But, mate, go away. Just go away. JR's also culpable, I think, here for saying that Mojo has the potential to be one of the greats. That was um, that was a little bit of a stretch, I think. <laughs> um, in terms of the women's battle royal, um, this was better than the men's battle royal because it had some stories going on. You know, you had the bit where they all threw Carmella out the start. I quite like that. You had uh, the face-off between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, I, I thought was really her. cool. Mm. I love Bianca Belair in terms of she is... The hair whip thing is so unique, she, she is, gets over, doesn't she? She is the next mm. female superstar. But even if they sort of hold her back for a couple of years and she is absolutely phenomenal they do their NXT combine she wins pretty much most of the thing the squats the weights that her, as an athlete she is absolutely phenomenal I quite like the gimmick I love the hair thing I love her 450 just play it right let her do a couple of years down in NXT yeah let, let her have the title for six months and then just come and have a dominate the main roster mm. Carrie how do you think um, Becky Lynch is going to get on in Ring of Honor <laughs> Oh, God bless Becky Lynch. I felt so bad for her. It was just... Did they give her the entrance music as a concession to the fact that she was such an also-round in this match? She wasn't even in the final four. No, it was just... It was... It's just sad. I feel I feel terrible watching Becky Lynch on television now. I even feel kind of bad following her on Twitter. It's just... At At Rebecca Quinn. At Rebecca Quinn, as I said before, yeah. It's just... It's just... It's just tragic. Poor Becky. It'd be interesting to see, because... She's really good at mates, obviously, with Charlotte, as we all know. And is that enough? Like, is is that the reason why, at the moment, she's still clinging on to a roster spot? Because they've cut people for less, you know? I really like Lynch. I think she's absolutely brilliant. And I enjoy you know, enjoy her company. And, I, you know, she's actually quite a funny sort of kind of human being. We just don't get to see it. Either let her be herself or turn her into heel or cut her. And do, like, just do the humane thing and cut her. She's she's got more of a chance if she gets drafted to Raw, I would say, because SmackDown is wasteland for female talent quite a lot of the time. Um, the other match on the kickoff, Cedric Alexander beating Mustafa Ali. Um, Carl, I was really disappointed in this match. I thought the the actual wrestling was okay, but it was so hammy. It was like going to uh, a 
pantomime at Butlins or something than, hey, I'm the heart, you're the soul. Let's chat to each other while we're having this match and we'll have a big hug at the end of it because, hey, we've come so far and you are the rightful successor to the outstanding cruiserweight talent who was Enzo Amore. Um, Oh, Oh, man, I drummed him. (laughs) Ouch. The pre-show was two hours long and there was three matches. The first hour, there was no matches, was there? In the second hour, all the matches. Because it was on... It was, it was on one of the networks, wasn't it? The second hour was on one of the networks. It was on USA Network, yeah. that's right. And the that, first hour was just on the And WWE that's why it's network. the first year they've done that. So they've you know, backfilled the, the entire programme and I don't know whether you noticed, they kind of subtly mentioned that you could obviously get the network <laughs> if you wanted it. So I feel as if the if you added up all the times... Hi, Paige here. Oh. If you added up all that, that would have lasted longer than the Cruiserweight match. Yeah, which says a lot about how we can't afford The Rock anymore, but this is how important The Rock is compared to our cruiserweights. That film looks awful. <laughs> Zelina Vega playing AJ Lee is really fun. Um, but yeah, that, there is. You've asked me about the cruiserweight match, and now I'm just talking about Paige, because that's how much that's how much WWE puts effort into making Sorry, the cruiserweights. Sorry, I think we just need care. to acknowledge producer Ben's moment he had there, the thought of AJ and Zelina Vega being the same person. <laughs> <laughs> So final thoughts then. I, I was going to ask everybody for their villain of the night. Are we all just going to say the New Day then in that case? Is that is that fair? No, the Beach Balls is my villain. Okay. Anton? No, I completely agree. Yeah, New Day. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. Always Jerry Lawler. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's 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 fair. Um, what about your hero of the night? Charlotte. Anton? I'm going to say Rousey. Okay. Carl? Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas, good shout. WrestleMania moment? Uh, Elias. Elias is my favourite moment. Okay. Anton? It was the moonsault from Charlotte turned into the triangle by Oscar because it just you know, it just highlights how good that match was in that one move. Carrie? Apart from Elias, um, the bit where Oscar said that uh, Charlotte was ready for her and I thought that was lovely. Yeah, that was nice. I'm going to go for um, Rousey because... I don't think anybody else has and that match as a whole is something that I think we will take away from this Wrestlemania when we're looking back on it um, in years to come so we're going to take a break from the current product and begin our Wrestlemania rewind that means next week we'll be breaking down 33 the ultimate thrill ride from Orlando Roman Reigns retiring the Undertaker Brock versus Goldberg the return of the Hardy Boys and Mojo Rawley winning the Andre the Giant we're having a superstar shake-up too Anton and Carla sitting out next week so who will be the mystery part for me and Carrie there's only one way to find out and that's to tune in next week before we go Carrie where can people keep up with you on Twitter at Carrie Sparkle and Anton at Sky Anton and Carl and Command 616 I'm at Matt Davis FC but more importantly follow the brand at the PU podcast tune in next week I'm Matt Davis this has been Parts Unknown The Parts Unknown Wrestling Podcast is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. <laughs>